Oh, hello, Nevea. Hello. The first official guest of GSL Uncut. I'm so honored to be here. We are honored to have you here. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Let's not drop any or spill anything oh my gosh, on any over of the, the soundboard. New brand new equipment. I have soggy underwear. <laughs> Reason being, explain. Today was a really hectic day, and Melissa and I were just outside trying to cover up some new concrete that was just poured this morning. We got caught in a crazy downpour thunderstorm. We did that. They got cleaned up. I came in here and got set up, and so I've got some soggy bibbities. Wow. And bibbities for those who don't know. Underwear. Men's underwear. I feel it. Like <laughs> We've all learned something new today already. Look at that. We're what, 30 seconds in? Mm-hmm. Anywho. Anyway. How are you, Nevaeh? I'm good. This this is cool. This feels weird. Feels right. It feels, feels right. It feels, feels right. good. It's a good yeah. weird. Yeah. So you are our 16-year-old daughter, yes. for those who maybe aren't aware of that. And we were finishing up with episode number two last week, talking about interpersonal relationships and the differences between the generations, because you've got the olds, like mom and I, and then you have you young folk out there all doing the online mm-hmm. Insta face and such. The Insta right. face, the tic tac. So go ahead, speak on that. Offer up a little clarification for us as to why it is that the younger people actually apparently choose to prefer to communicate online. I feel like with the internet, my generation is slowly getting more and more socially awkward. And the internet has just kind of become our main form of socialization. You could be with people all day, but then once you get home, you're actually going to talk to them more via texting or DMing or whatever. And I don't know if it's because it's more comfortable. There's less intimidation. You don't have to look people in the eye, which isn't a good thing. But I think we're just opting for the the easier way to do things. We've had a lot of discussions about right. this in our home, especially because you had a cell phone now for what, last year yeah, or so. <laughs> Mom, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I don't think that the, it's a good thing because not only are you not present when you're with your friends or you're on a date or, or what have you, but you're not present when you're home either. So when you leave the friends, you go home and then that's when you guys decide to actually talk and communicate, but then you're not present in your home with your family. And I think adults are guilty of that as well. Yeah, for sure. We're all guilty of it to a certain extent. Yeah. However, it would not be my preference to communicate with any of my loved ones or friends through electronics. No, I hate it. I'm like, call me. I, I don't like to communicate via text. Yeah, I'm also somebody who didn't have a smartphone until 2016 mm-hmm. and didn't have text messaging until 2016 either. So I'm, I'm that guy. Well, Nevaeh didn't either. <laughs> I know, but it's it's just a generational, it's almost like a requirement nowadays, right? Like if you want to converse or, or yeah. try to meet up with somebody, all of that is going to be coordinated and planned online. Yeah, I don't think, especially out here, because everyone lives so far away from each other, we're all so separated. I feel like it is 100% a necessity to be able to communicate with people online, to be able to make plans in real life. You're not even talking with just friends, though. You're talking about people that you've actually never met before and you maybe just have an interest in eventually meeting in real life. Yeah. You will break the ice via private message, direct message. But does it actually break the ice? Because then when you meet them in person, isn't it still awkward? Yes. it's So in my experience, when I meet someone in real life, and I've always just known them from the start, in person, it is way easier to talk to them and get to just become comfortable around them. I could talk to someone online for two months without meeting them. And then when I actually meet them, it feels really weird. It feels like they're a different person than the person I've been talking to online. Because you create like a false sense of who they are. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, you talk to them, but you can't see them. So you have to just... You use your imagination. Yeah. And then when you see them in real life, it's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. And this is the argument that I would make against it. Is yeah. because there's so much that's lost in translation. And people can be so much more calculated and come up with a, a character to present to somebody mm -hmm. online. As opposed to actually just being raw, reacting in the moment, doing all that. Yeah. This is something we've been talking about, too, is the differences between like the older people and the younger people and how we present ourselves Hold on online. a second. What are you considering <laughs> an older person? I, I'm not I'm not saying you are the older people. You might conduct yourselves differently online than much younger people. Like old people. <laughs> I think everybody does because you have the opportunity to kind of craft and manipulate the way you want to come across. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's different though for people like especially teenagers they're much more open and raw online because we do use that as a form of socialization. I think people older, like they go on Facebook and they just present the best parts of everything, like the highlights of their life. Of they make everything look perfect. And then I think younger people don't necessarily do that. And they're more willing to just say what their internal dialogue is when they're texting. Because when you're in real life, you're more likely to just kind of withhold stuff for your inner feelings and try to be polite and safe. Mm -hmm. And online, they don't really do that. So if you're feeling like confrontational about something, you're just going to go off <laughs> like on social media rather than well, you would adults in real life. do that too. But I do think that, yes, adults will put out a more um, idealistic view of themselves. Yeah. Like I know if I'm trying to get like I'll, I'll say like bread because there's a thing about like women presenting their bread <laughs> sounds, sounds weird mom and the sourdough yeah sourdough the go -to stinking analogy. hard to get to rise you have no idea it's a commitment it's a baby in a bottle and you have to feed it every day until it turns gray and it dies sourdough and i don't get along anyway i have successfully made unloaf and i took pictures of it in different lights and i put cloth under it and i was like look at my sourdough and all these other women who couldn't get their bread to rise they're like how do you do it and i'm like well it's an art <laughs> <laughs> next loaf doorstop okay so, yeah so anyway yeah adults put out this like crazy like version of themselves and i don't think that the teenagers do that if anything they kind of show like this is me as a train wreck yeah but because we live in a time where being or depicting yourself as being a victim is something that will get you a lot of attention I right think oftentimes we see it all the time mm -hmm. online is this true for teenagers yes. i know that's definitely been my experience so yeah. i worked in a high school for the last couple of years it was my last place assignment before i actually left and i recall that there were kids who would come up to me and tell me that they were dating virtually mm-hmm to where all of their interaction, all, all of, of their, their conversations, and yes, all of all, all <laughs> of their interactions were occurring via whatever yeah. app or electronic means of communication they were choosing to use. I think that goes into what I was just saying about how you can talk to someone online, you get comfortable with them online, and then in real life it's different. So people can go through like a talking phase. Wait, that, that's a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> We're going to need some clarity. What is a talking phase? Because that that was not a thing. It's it's like dating, kind of. It kind of comes before dating. It's getting to know a person, which is what dating's supposed to be for. But you mm -hmm. get to know them before you actually start dating them. So it's like a pre-screening? Yeah, basically. Mm. It's so there's a, no it's awkward first date. By the time mm -hmm. you go on a first date, you've been talking. Yes. 
It's so if you're talking, are you allowed to be talking with other people or if you're talking, it's exclusive? It's not exclusive, which is where feelings get hurt. <laughs> right. And then from talking, there's a new stupidity that has been introduced to society called situationship. The situationship. It's bum, the bum, bum. dumbest bum, thing bum. I've ever heard. We've been talking about that this week because this right. is something that Melissa and I just learned about. I learned about it about three days ago. And from what I gathered, a situationship is basically you're, there's mutual feelings that's mm-hmm. understood, but it's non-committal. You're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You just hang out. You like each other, but it's usually one in one person in the party that doesn't quite want to commit. Yeah. So then if they move on, they're free to do so because we weren't in a relationship. So it's just an opportunity for promiscuity. Is that it? Right. Sounds like it's the recipe for disaster. No, it's more of just like when people keep someone on the back burner. They say that's what I'm saying. They say the famous line of situationships is I'm not ready for a relationship. Ah. (laughs) But I don't want you to talk to anyone else because I want to keep you on the back burner if I don't find someone better. So exclusivity for me. But when it comes to me, I want to be able to explore different options. Well, they're both free too. Mm-hmm. It's a disaster. There's no exclusivity. It's just exclusive. How do you say that word? Exclusive. Exclusivity. Exclusivity. Don't, don't want to get in your head or <laughs> you'll never be able to say I it. Just, I think it's so odd the way that kids go about handling their business nowadays with when it comes to the dating world. There's no like going steady anymore. There's no, uh, no. let me give you my letterman jacket. There's no, no pins. There's no pins or yeah, any of that stuff. Glass rings. So do you think that? this online form of establishing friendships or even romantic relationships is a good thing? Uh, no. I think online communication is a good tool for getting to know people better. Because again, younger people are, I think they act more themselves and say how they're really feeling on the internet. So you can get a better feel for what's actually going on in someone's head. So I think it's good for that case. But when your main form of communicating with someone is online, it makes things really weird in real life. But that's the reality that we live in now, right? Yeah. It seems like a waste of time. Like you could talk to someone for a long time and you think you like them because maybe they are putting their best face forward. And then you meet them in real life and you're just like, maybe there's something about them that you're not attracted to. Mm-hmm. Maybe they s- smell like wet dog or something. <laughs> something that could have been like easily, it could have easily saved you two months of mm-hmm. communicating with the person if you had just met them in person and be like... <laughs> I don't want to, you know, it, it's been can't good, the, but this can, isn't going to work out, well, you know? Yeah. Usually the thing about those is it doesn't, you know the person before in real life when you start a talking phase. How? Yeah. So like, that's not all. I know for a fact that that's not that's always not true always for true. you, right? A talking phase? It's a phase? Like it's there's, a, Oh yeah, it's a phase. It's first of all, how many different people have talking we talked phase. to? Yeah. Are you currently yeah. talking to no, anybody? No, I am not currently talking. Tell the truth. <laughs> no, but I know for a fact that there have been uh, a lot of, a lot of, Kids, a lot of boys that have reached out to you. They want to enter right? the talking you're a, uh, you're a pretty little young lady. And yeah, so talking. you're going to be getting some attention. How many how many boys have reached out to you? You know what? Don't tell me. I'm not going to answer mind. that. What? What did dad tell you about boys? No, no okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. What? <laughs> what was my question? I already lost it. <laughs> you got me flustered. You said it. Something about boys. Go ahead and take over. <laughs> I'm I'm totally at a loss now. So are have you ever been in one of these situationships? I mean, I feel like we should know about this. We have asked you not to have any boyfriends till you graduate high school. No. Well, I've I've made sure to kind of avoid situationship 
dating anything like that right now. So that's the correct answer. <laughs> we have a deal that we don't really want boyfriends and girlfriends until graduation. No, we've had discussions about this. I know for a fact that you, you know, you and I on a drive home one night from youth group had a discussion about the fact that, Hey, you're at the normal age where most kids decide that they want to start pursuing romantic feelings and possibly dating, maybe even having a relationship and all that. So it's completely normal, but I don't, I don't always know that that's what's best for my child at the age of 16 per se. I mean, the older you get, the, the more, of course, you know, things are going to happen over time, but I don't, I don't think it's something that should be rushed or you should feel as though, Hey, I'm 16. So I need to start dating now. I think that's a poor mm-hmm. decision right? on and, everyone's part. And well, I didn't know about these talking phases and these situationships. I mean, that's a way to really get around some of this there's a lot of families and we know that don't want boyfriend, girlfriends till graduation. That's very kind of a common thing. Around here. Around here. Yeah. Not, not actually, not, that's almost totally foreign in other areas. Yeah, that's not true for yeah. most of the world. Right. Or well, mo- most of our country, anyone yeah. would say. I mean, I guess I had boyfriends in high school, but the conversations that we have had is that teen dating really just leads to broken hearts and, you know, kind of really tragic feelings because you form these adult relationships before your brain is developed. So scientifically, the frontal lobe not fully formed <laughs> till 25 is not fully formed until 25. I just think teenagers are ill-equipped to deal with the, like you said, there are, are a lot of adult situations that come along with dating and you're, you're dealing with people who are not adults making right. adult decisions um, or who are able to rationalize things like an adult. Yeah. It's able to, so. Right. And well, and you, just because you're young doesn't mean you can't develop adult feelings by entering in adult type relationships. So then when they inevitably end, which they usually do when you're young, um, somebody wants out, the other person is left completely shattered. None of this is to and, say that this is applicable to you because you were a very right. smart girl. You're very wise. It's and just, not dating. Uh, <laughs> but she will be. Sure. And it's just that really it's just our Pref- right, our preference, right, as your parents, that you would take care of uh, things that we view as being a higher priority in the meantime. And boys aren't going anywhere, so no. you will you will have mm-hmm. many many suitors over the years. I guarantee suitors. it. Suitors, suitors, that is old fashioned. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm old school like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it used to be a lot easier for parents. Like now, we have to worry about our kids picking their spouses, which they should be allowed to do, and you should marry for love and all that. But think about how easy it was in the past when you would pick the family, you would give them four goats, and then they would take Nevea. <laughs> if we have sheep, we can make, we can make that happen. Nobody wants sheep. those sheep. <laughs> they smell bad. What are your What are your thoughts? What, what's your personal philosophy when it comes to all this, Nevea? Dating and, and when it comes to teen dating, teen dating, and just what's your uh, what's your outlook on the whole dating scene as a whole? You think you think casual dating is something that you will partake in the older you get, or are you inquiring minds want to know? <laughs> this isn't something that was I don't know ever at the forefront of my mind as a kid, but mom and I met when we were really really young. Mm-hmm. So I think with both casual dating and teen dating, I think there is you need it's good for like practice, and if you do go on some casual dates, like if someone asks you to dinner and you just maybe go out with them one time. It's good to just meet new people and see what you like and what you don't like and certain traits that you like find very attractive in a person and things that you don't. 
So it can make it easier when you're going into more serious relationships. With teen dating, I, I kind of view it all as it's probably just going to be practice. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I don't think teen relationships necessarily get that serious, even if it feels... But they do, because that's how feelings get so hurt. Yeah, I mean, there's I, I people completely that get agree. really tore up. I, yeah. I guess I don't think they should get that serious. Uh, yeah, again, She's going to break hearts. You are. She's going to be like, we're not serious. And that's okay. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I actually agree with you as far as the whole practicing aspect and, mm-hmm. and kind of uh, forming your 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 own preferences as far as what it is that you're looking for and somebody that you want to be spending more time with um okay so what what is it you were going to bring up about what it is that i have told her when it comes to boys well i think it just in your attempt to completely well so this all stemmed from her having guy friends so (laughs) nevea has guy friends like you you like to have guy friends and Dad has always said you can't have guy friends. No, and I'm speaking, I just want to preface this by saying that whenever I make statements like the one that you were about to bring up, I'm always speaking in generalities. So there are exceptions (laughs) to every single rule, but generally speaking. Guys are perverts. Yeah, that's what he told me. That's what he said. Guys are perverts. All of them. I said said boys are perverts. Yeah, and the funny thing is, because, you know, she'll be like, I have these guy friends, and he's like, they don't want to be your friends. And, and, And have I been right? most of the time thank you (laughs) yeah well once it's that they if a i feel like guys and girls can be friends if it's a group situation Mm -hmm. if always in a group you've always hung out in a group you're a group at school you can absolutely have guy friends it's when you start hanging out with one of the guys from the group alone now you've given off the message that you're interested even if you're not Mm -hmm. so that's where things get awkward that's where you run into the what do they say? I want to situation change. No, no sorry. like oh, it's, it's <laughs> you're hanging out with a guy, and they all of a sudden do the. Can I tell you something? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, when they reveal oh. their true intentions, <laughs> it's always like, can I tell you something? And you're like, dang it. Again, I, I feel bad <laughs> saying that, but it's say. and I'm not saying like this is necessarily true for every single kid, but it's just imp- I think it's important for you for the uh, just as a matter of discernment, knowing that if a male comes up to you, they're a pervert. They're <laughs> a pervert. He told me. No, just keep it. I mean, honestly, keep it in the back of your mind, right? Because for real. Always and forever. Well, I, I just want to make sure you have an understanding that if, if a male comes up to you and is chatting with you casually as you're at Safeway shopping for spaghetti noodles, that he is not trying to strike up a conversation with you about pasta. He's trying to break the ice because he's, he's a pervert, <laughs> a dirty pervert. No, I, and again, it sounds so bad in this context, in this setting. But you just all I'm saying is men very, very oftentimes have an agenda. Um, it's so funny because when you were having that heated conversation with Nevaeh, um, I told my mom about it the next day and she started laughing because... <laughs> It's the exact thing that my dad told me. He was, I remember he was like standing in the kitchen and he was yelling at me in his bathroom and he was like, your friends, they're perverts. He's a pervert and he's a pervert. I'm a pervert. Like, and I was like, ew. Like, and he's like, and that's how I know. Cause like, and so it was so funny because as you were yelling that at her, I was having flashbacks of my own childhood of my dad warning me about the same thing. Yeah. It's what he thought of you. I'm sure he did. And he wasn't entirely wrong. So <laughs> I, I just think it's different when it comes to 
our, our daughters in right. particular. And that's because you're in a much more vulnerable position in those situations and circumstances than a male well, would, so would be funny because like Kira was like, oh, and then <laughs> listening and then Eli at eight years old goes, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> he just I love being in. validated by my eight year old son. It's great. Chimed into the conversation yeah. like completely hey. unprompted. And I was like, oh. that was an honest response. He's always honest. That he is. Yeah. Yeah. To his credit. But and, and again, to my point, I mean, legitimately, you got the eight-year-old validating what I'm saying here. So, Jeez. Well, it's so funny because I think guys and girls just think so differently. And so... For sure. That's why I think it's so important for her to be aware. Right. And and so I'm not necessarily the best person to talk to in that sense because I'm the girl that was on you're the other end. Pervert. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. And... No, but I mean, I was always looking more for like the romance end of things and everything. And um, I think guys are as yeah. well. There's just an added element of, of you know, the uh, the physical contact that but comes I feel along like, with that. Yeah, I feel like the romance was kind of like short sighted. It was like I'll do this for you know I for a different outcome. I think it's less of a priority for your male counterpart part for sure. I just I don't know. It's important that you know that, and I just want you to be fully aware and and be able to discern <laughs> and navigate those situations in a way that is, you know, beneficial to you, I guess is what I'm saying. Now I feel like the pendulum's swinging a little bit. Now I feel like the modern woman of today, it has a lot of power and they know it yeah. and they are now using that. I think it's women that created situationships. Oh, it's totally women that because created situations. Speak on it. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it just is. Every situationship with the teenagers is a guy that's, really into it and a girl that's not as into it <laughs> so always i feel like i've been that guy <laughs> <laughs> no I, I feel like women are very they're not as emotionally vulnerable i feel like i feel like men might be on the other like they might be more emotionally vulnerable yeah but i think that's new it used to be the other way around. It used to be like the men are the heartbreakers. I don't know. And I've had a lot of friends that have been uh, crying true. upset with broken hearts over <laughs> the years. True. So, yeah, I don't know what it is. But uh, I think, yeah, emotionally, maybe the men are a little more susceptible mm -hmm. because we, we have this false sense of like, hey, we're always in control. And But no, I don't like it. I don't like the situation ship. It is so stupid to even say that word. It <laughs> is dumb. I don't like it because it seems like you're wasting somebody's time and you're not really into it because if you're really into it, you don't keep somebody on the back burner. You're not looking for somebody else, you know, so you're just wasting somebody's time and you're going to inevitably break their heart. And it just seems like a giant waste of everyone's time. It's a lack of commitment. And why? Like people used to wait until they met somebody that they thought, would be a good suitor or a good mate. You know, you, they were taught, look for things that, like my dad would tell me when I was dating a guy, if you see something in this guy that you, and you would be like, I wouldn't marry him, end it. End it immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, we've had continue. the same discussions and recommendations for you. Because mm -hmm. that's right? what dating ultimately is. Not that yeah. you should be thinking about marriage, but if you're talking to somebody and they bring up some something that you view as a flaw, that should be it. I, I personally agree. Yeah. And that's, like I said, that's the guidance that we've given you. What, what are your thoughts on, on that as far as trying to figure out whether or not a person is a, a possible lifelong mate or partner? What do you think? I mean, I agree with what mom said. You don't, I mean, there's no way to know 
and there's times when you're younger and you shouldn't be thinking about marriage necessarily but there's if there is a like clear deal breaker kind of thing yeah red there's flags n- yeah there's no reason to just continue on i guess yeah you shouldn't ignore red flags mm-hmm. yeah like these teens that have these relationships where they're fighting all the time and someone's always crying and they're breaking up like what oh, are you doing they love the drama though they <laughs> love Why? the drama everyone loves the off and on like, relationship that's never going to ultimately lead to a life of happiness and a healthy marriage and child rearing and all that i don't think that most kids in the various age think about marriage no. Yeah, but maybe right. well, maybe that isn't true around here because we live in small town USA. Around but. here, like once you graduate high school, it's like so. Right. When you're getting married, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very different. It is extremely different here. Yeah. yeah. So the pressures are almost a little bit higher, and a lot of people aren't allowed to date until they are 18, and so they hit 18 and they're like, <laughs> no dating, it. but then immediate marriage. <laughs> then we get married. Yeah. yeah. So Pretty there's much. like this almost like courting. Like a lot of people are marrying the first person they're dating right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was done like that for a very long time. I think the the casual dating skews you in a way. So there's positives to it, which you get to practice. You get to mm-hmm. see what to expect, what you like, what you don't like. But the negatives of it are inevitable broken hearts, hurt feelings. Um, if somebody, if you're dating somebody and then they start dating somebody else, you wonder, you know, there, there's self-esteem issues that come with that depression, all these things that teenagers and kids should not be worrying about. And when you have this history of that, I feel like it damages you for the future. Like you should guard your heart until you're serious about a serious relationship. Yeah. Which is the conflict with, and what? It's unpopular. I think, I think that's the, the conflict with teen dating is it doesn't usually work out. So it's kind of like, do you practice? Do you not practice? Because then I feel like also if you haven't had any experience with that at all, once you are at the age where you're going to start doing that, it's you kind of tackle it a little differently. Yeah. Because I feel like I know some homeschoolers and stuff who had, they had like more strict families, really religious families, and they weren't allowed to date until they were an adult. And they kind of like tackled it like a kid would. It was weird. They didn't a very like naive approach yeah. to things. You mean? Yeah. Every like everything in what was way? just Give like me an example. Immediately in love, they're just like, mm. "I love this person." Just like giving them everything immediately before even knowing them. Yeah. Because it's the first person they've ever like had something like that with. Yeah, it makes sense. That's very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think people do that even in casual relationships. I mean, even in middle school, you see that. Yeah. And. See, middle school's too young. Yeah, right, but, too it, young. but it starts, I mean, th- th- there's 12-year-olds like, this is my boyfriend, yeah. and, and they're having adult relationships. Can you imagine Kira? No. <laughs> right now? Come on. Someone would disappear. <laughs> no. Yeah. So speaking of homeschooling, let's talk about that for a second, mm-hmm. because it's something we get um, a lot of questions about, some criticism for, what is your been, what is, what's been your experience with homeschooling to date? You got one more year of school, you're in your, basically you're in your senior year of high school mm-hmm. now, so... You think it's been a good experience overall? I think so. Yeah. I I never would have liked public school personally. You had a taste of public school mm-hmm. as a kindergartner. Kind oh, of. Half day. It was it was half day. You did half day. It was a morning <laughs> session. It right? was Tuesdays and Thursdays. Half yeah. day it was like it was where homeschool kids could basically join public school. And I thought it'd be good to socialize her. And she did awkwardly. 
So um, specifically I, I from... Didn't, I didn't do awkwardly. There were a couple fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People were taking my crayons and I didn't like it. <laughs> but, and yeah, you were just, you've always been a little bit different than the average kids your age. And it wasn't a homeschool thing because you were five. Everybody mm-hmm. was entering school at five. You were just a very strong-willed, unintentionally funny child. Mm-hmm. Like you would do things that were mm-hmm. hilarious <laughs> unintentionally because you were so serious. Like you had like this little afro <laughs> and then like this really stern look. You, you look just like Shirley Temple. Like no, she, Shirley had Temple my, would, mm. she had my resting face. Yeah. With the scowl. <laughs> yeah. Constantly. And then she would like... And... I mean, yeah, unintentionally hilarious. Some of the stuff that would come out of your mouth. Provide an example. I already know where you want to go with this, so go ahead. Some of the art. Okay. (laughs) So parent-teacher night, first experience in a public school situation, they were doing an Eric Carle unit. Eric Carle is the author of The Hungry Caterpillar. So she selects a caterpillar, and then... You could pick any of the food for the caterpillar to eat. The lollipop, the watermelon, the grapes, whatever, the caterpillar. Not Nevea. Nevea picked a pear. Oh, she picked a pear, a all right. Pear. <laughs> and then she had her caterpillar, and then she gave it a necklace, and then she slid to the pear to the end of it. No, it moved. And then she colored the whole thing pink. It's It slid back and forth, right? It did, but I but had it on the end for some reason. at the end, and then her pink caterpillar <sighs> with a pear and a s- smile with the tongue out and the <laughs> necklace just- hung up by her photo for parent night. And when we arrived, our daughter had made a penis. <laughs> she did. It was on display. She was the only kindergartner. And why would the teacher hang that up? I taught kindergarten and I never would have hung up a penis for parent-teacher conference. She's doubling down on the penis. Yes. It's what it is. They say you should use the actual terms with your children. And then I took it home in horror and I hung it on the fridge for somebody about mark two this. years. Somebody, somebody note, jot down the date real quick. It took until episode three for mom to blurt out. Uh, I... Didn't take you back to school. That was it. That was the end. It was unintentional and it was hilarious, <laughs> like you said. So I yeah, good times, good story. If we find a photo, died. if we find that photo, I will include it. In, and we uh, still have in it. It's, it's in a drawer somewhere. I put it yeah. in our baby book. Of course, oh, can't lovely. let that go. No, got to hold on to that one. That's gold. <laughs> that's a classic. Classic. What else? How about the parent-teacher uh, conference? Jeez. The one and only parent-teacher conference that we've had. So they did that thing like kindergarten cop. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Oh. And her answer, like other kids had like paragraphs. My daddy works at a car dealership and he wears a suit and he da 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 da. And, and on the weekends we go to movies. Navarro, my daddy likes beer. <laughs> I wasn't Which, wrong. I while guess. true, you could have just said police officer. That's all yeah. you had to say. My daddy's a police officer. My daddy taught me to ride a bike. And now, you know what I put down for you? My mom likes Fox News. super cool 28 year old i was bored okay um yeah that was it that was the answer those are are good times so let let me uh divert and reroute away from from this storytelling here so from this from a social aspect how has homeschooling treated you because i think that's the biggest criticism that people have about Mm -hmm. homeschooling is that they think you're going to be a 
socially inept yeah. young person. There's a gigant there's a stigma around homeschool kids. Absolutely. For sure. I've I can't even count how many times I've told someone I was homeschooled and they went, Really? <laughs> You're pretty normal. I was like, Thank you. I don't <laughs> Or are they like like you're home. Have you ever had a friend? I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> yes, I have. It's no, no. I actually like to tell people all the time. I'm like, never. I've never met someone my age before. <laughs> so being homeschooled simply it's, means that you are schooled at, at home. home. Yeah. But I think homeschool kids, because they don't go to school, they make an effort to go do activities and like do stuff like sports or classes or just meet up with people a lot. Mm-hmm. I think homeschool kids make more of an effort to like meet up with friends than public school kids do because they have people all day. You get tired. <laughs> yeah. And it so, means a lot to you. You, yeah, you value you, you really, those opportunities. You value the friendships you make because you're not, you don't just know everyone all the time. Yeah. You have to be selective and pick out your friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just don't, I never really understood why people assume that you have no social interaction just because you do school at home. I think it's just people that don't have any familiarity with it. And it's becoming such a common mm-hmm. thing that you, right. you yeah. kind of hear that, that stigma that you're talking about less and less. And I love that so many people are actually plucking their kids either out of school or yeah. just making the decision when they have young children that, Hey, we're just going to do yeah. this instead. Yeah. Homeschool has been so beneficial because you can, um, when you know your children, like we care about what happens to you more than anyone else in the world. So why would I give your education, your foundational years outsource that to multiple different people Mm -hmm. that are working on just getting you through the system? I mean, Mm -hmm. I was a teacher and our job was to get those kids through. But that's especially true nowadays. And I think that's the reason that homeschool is, is gaining in popularity so rapidly Mm -hmm. is that it's, that's especially true given the types of things that are now being taught. Yeah. Taught. I use the term, the word, taught loosely but the things that are being instilled in our young children Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah i think people are starting to realize the importance of of getting that back plus it gives you so much more time i read that if you homeschool your kids you get like sixteen thousand hours back with each child what do you mean just of time that you spend with them sixteen thousand hours that you you would regain if you yeah if you put your kids in school for seven hours got it so i mean it's it's kind of funny because our kids are so different. They've never, Nevaeh only had that awkward experience in kindergarten, but the other kids have never experienced that. So sometimes we drive by the school and there's these these fences because <laughs> they don't want people entering the school. So there's tall fences and they always see the kids in the playground and our kids are like, there's baby jail. <laughs> we used to talk about it all the time. So when I was a school resource officer, we would always draw the comparison between the way that uh, school campuses were set up when compared to jails because they're very very similar if you look mm-hmm. at it I mean, you've got pods you've got halls you've got fencing around the entire school <laughs> security and a lot of cases you have security <laughs> like you you have a, a warden you know, and a principal <laughs> who are responsible for all of the discipline that comes down so it's yeah it's there are a lot of parallels there yeah that's kind of weird when you think about it like that yeah but you go to like a lot of the public school events you've gone to basketball games and football yeah. games and all of that do you enjoy those experiences yeah. Does, I, it, does I, it make you curious about what the like day-to-day life of a public school kid is? Um, I, I mean, I talk to enough people that go to school that I have an idea and they all don't like it. <laughs> so does it not sound appealing to you? Not to me personally, no. It doesn't. Because you get to wake up <laughs> pretty much whenever you want. Let's be real here. Keep your pajamas on, dive into your laptop, and that's how you yeah. get school done. Yeah, I just... 
I don't know. I don't think I would like public school. I'm not, I, I'm not introverted, but I get, I have a social battery and that social battery runs out quickly. <laughs> and I, I like the people that I like. I like my close friends. I've always had a very small circle, but outside of that, I'm not as extroverted. And I don't think I would like being just with a bunch of people all day, five days a week. You think that you will struggle with structure as an adult? Because of your lack of structure as a young person over the uh, years? I think that's a thing, yes, <laughs> with homeschoolers because th- you never really had a schedule. Yeah, I think that maybe will be a thing with all of you, but I don't necessarily see that as being a, a drawback, honestly. I, th- I think it encourages you guys to be entrepreneurs and be creative and figure out alternate ways than the norm because you guys getting up, commuting to work, going to an office, having a boss, looking over your shoulder, reprimanding you, getting back in your car, driving home, doing it all over the next day is something you've never experienced. Mm -hmm. But that is something that you learn in school from the time that you are four years old if you go to preschool, which is kind of a new concept. The whole design of school was to, I mean, it really started in the late 1800s and it was to turn out factory workers, Mm -hmm. stand in line, desk in row. It was very almost a military like, yeah, like I, just, military style. I feel like it kills your individuality and all, all the things, the special gifts that each one of us has as individuals. It just kind of numbs yeah. that part of you and tries to make everybody the same in a lot of ways. And I don't necessarily view that as being healthy or that's my own personal opinion. That's the reason that you guys are all homeschooled. That's a large part of it anyway. Right. And I was homeschooled as well until eighth grade. So I experienced that as well. And I learned to communicate with adults very well, mm-hmm. but not necessarily my peers. And so I had a lot of these adult conversations. I came from a pretty political family. And so I had, I had always spoken very freely on issues that I believed on. And I think that's the same with you. You speak very freely on these issues. Mm -hmm. So then when you are face to face with a peer and you're just like, no, actually. And then you just (laughs) speak like you would to an adult. Yeah. You don't mince words. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That can be weird with kids. There's. I, I, can, I can be someone who likes to debate things. <laughs> Where do you get that from? That's amazing. Wow. I have no hmm. idea. Interesting. I, I have always liked politics. I don't know if it came from Papa, your dad. He's, yes. he's very into politics. And Runs I would call him on the phone <laughs> like since I was five years old. And he'd be like, did you see on the news that blah, 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 blah. And I'd be very into it. Yeah. And I will post stuff or I'll share stuff or I'll share my opinions on stuff. And then people will disagree with me. A lot of my peers will disagree with me on certain issues. <laughs> and you don't back down and delete it? It's not mm-hmm. an uncomfortable? Okay. No, I double down. That's <laughs> Again, amazing. Maybe you should be a talking head when you grow up. I can't imagine where that comes from. Oh, yeah. Or someone... You. Yeah, someone will try to argue something with me. And they're like, oh, well, I don't like that because I'm just like... <laughs> yeah and it's not that we're naturally argumentative it's just that no, we are I, I don't like to be argumentative no but we are very strong in our convictions yes i like if, yeah. if i believe something like i want to be able to back up my belief and correct and verbalize that to people mm-hmm. yeah i think it's really really important and that's always been okay in the environment that you've been in because mm-hmm. you've been amongst adults and family. And that was a concern that people brought up to my dad too. They would say, aren't you worried that your girls aren't going to know how to talk to kids or their peers? And he said, who the hell cares? They're not going to spend their lives interacting with teenagers. They're going to spend 90% of their life interacting with adults. They should learn to behave as adults. And he was like dead set on that from the time that we were young. 
either way, I don't think it's a bad thing to be extremely articulate and to be able to explain yourself. Like Nevaeh mm-hmm. said, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your age is. In mm-hmm. fact, it's more impressive the younger you are. Yeah. Why do we want our children to act in an immature, um, irrational, irresponsible manner? Because that's, not, well, that's the age. Because I think kids should be kids. And when a kid presents a certain way and is extremely articulate and explaining themselves in a way that makes perfect sense to an adult, it just kind of comes across as awkward homeschool kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so I'm not saying that, that would you also say that you are open to being, to having your mind changed on things? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's important too, not to, not to be so rigid that you're not willing to hear somebody out and maybe change yeah. your mind on something. I'm not rigid. Cause another thing with people that are homeschooled, a lot of them are like religious families or they're very into like politics and stuff like that. They're very, they place an importance on your beliefs with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people will like accuse you of not being open-minded or be like, you just think that because that's how your family feels. Right. You've never been around anyone besides your family. So mm-hmm. you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Terribly like, insulting. It is. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I could think for myself mm-hmm. and I like to believe that I'm pretty, I like to do research before I make an opinion. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I, it does, my research does align with how I already felt. But I mean, there's been some things where I've changed my mind on them. Yeah. Just, and despite the fact that you are homeschooled and we are a very tight knit family, we don't always agree on things. Right. No, we, there's a lot <laughs> so, of heated debate in our family. There is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like you, mostly between you two. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. We yeah. actually disagree on quite a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly like, on social issues, actually. Mm-hmm. Like what? Well, I mean, without, just, without getting into it, because I don't want to turn the, right. the discussion I mean, about yeah. that. But. but yeah, just, on, you know, just on things where like, you'll be like, this is, this is dumb or whatever. Like, like dating sh- issues and uh, stuff like that. Dating issues, friendship issues, um, what's acceptable at what age. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's that we ultimately will disagree. I think it's just that mm-hmm. at this stage of life and the fact that you're a 16 year old girl and the fact that I'm your 40 year old father, I think <laughs> we're going to have some disagreements right. when it comes to a lot of yeah. those topics and issues. So, yeah. 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 I think, I think you guys will end up coming back together when you're older. That's what happened with my dad and I. I mean, it's we it's were... not like there's some, some crazy division between the two no. of us. Like I said, it's just, it's just a, just... it's a perception thing oftentimes, yeah. right? And I'm going to perceive and look at certain situations very differently from the way that you view them. It's, and that's totally and, natural. And me and dad are both the most, we like, we like to debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strong-willed. Neither one of us so, are, are you know, inevitably we're going to butt heads with stuff. So yeah. 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 But we get along for the most part. She is my child. She is for sure my <laughs> child. Mm-hmm. If there was any doubt. Well, <laughs> she's got like your stubbornness, but then like my yeah. personality. So that is like, I've, I've, I've got mom's personality. Yeah. And we then. have the same birthdays. So mm, <laughs> now what? We have the same hair. So mm. uh, I don't I just know that you do. Not hat. right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just got caught in the rain and then I blow dried it. And yeah. she was like, oh, you do have my hair. I looked like. You looked fine. I looked like. It's the podcast. Mariah Carey in 1991. Hey, for, she was like, a hot commodity in 1991. Look at this. Look at this. Those curls. Look at that volume. Look like frizz. No, but mine wasn't curls because I blow dried it. So it was just puff. Okay, so let me piggyback off of the homeschool discussion. What has been your experience with living out in the middle of nowhere since, since again, that's that brings about a lot of questions and criticisms as well? I don't think it's, like, I don't think my life is different living here than it would be if I lived in a town. Really? I think Not, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I it's harder <laughs> to go do things, yeah. but I feel like if I'm going to go do something, I'm going to go do it either way. If I'm going to go out, I'm 
right. it's gonna be a longer drive but i'm a still gonna commute. go out but yeah yeah it is it is different it's pretty far mm-hmm. but it's easier now for you because now you can go <laughs> now i got the car around <laughs> so i guess the romantic notion that i had um as your parent is that we would come out here and yeah it can be very quiet and sometimes mm-hmm. very boring but that you would pour yourself into your passions um like music mm-hmm. stuff like that and i think it was it's just coming here just in my mind prior to actually making the move that was kind of my thought process on it was that hey there's no reason to get bored find something that you're interested in and pursue it and yeah. devote yourself to it and you will have lots of free time living here to to make that happen yeah i don't think i don't get bored here no no, I never just like sitting there in the middle of the day and I'm like, I'm so bored living here. <laughs> I always wonder that in watching all of you sometimes as to whether or not you're bored. Even when you're like, like the little kids are, are running around. They don't seem to be. They don't seem no. to be. But I always wonder, I'm like, and maybe it's just because they don't really know any different. I think if we had like one child, they'd be bored. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's... but not re- so I, I was an only child growing up and you always make that argument of like, I you must have been four. bored and. I, I don't ever recall being bored. And again, it's because I didn't have anything to compare it to. It just yeah. my day-to-day life was my day-to-day life and I didn't know any different. Okay. So It just looked boring. Not. Every time we knew an only child, we were like, that sucks. They must be bored. Yeah, I but know. I think that's the same thing that's happening to me when I look at them. You know, wondering that to myself. Like, hey, I wonder if they're bored right now. They can be running around playing tag, you know, jumping on the trampoline. I'm <laughs> like, are you guys bored? <laughs> <laughs> they're so not. They're all squealing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't really feel, I don't feel bored. I, I do wonder about like where I am going to end up living mm-hmm. because for me, like if I'm 20 or in my 20s, I'm like, I don't know if this is necessarily the place for me in that period of my life mm-hmm. because it is there's I mean, our whole town has like no people <laughs> in it. <laughs> we have it's, 220 people. <laughs> I think less than that really with where we live. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really very tiny. small and yeah. we have one thing to go do in the whole town. There is one you can go to the bowling alley. And half of it's broken. That's not totally true, though, because we have a lot of fishing. We have a lot of hiking. Yeah. We have a lot of outdoor You have to activities. get creative. Snowboarding and skiing in the wintertime. Yeah, but that's all like outdoor stuff. They, she yeah. means like teenage no, hangout. Like yeah. we at the mall it. and the movie theater. And Does anyone want to go to the mall anymore? I don't I know, but we did in the 90s. Yeah. That was the if, hip place. If we had a movie theater in town, I'd be good. Mm. I'd just be like, I'm going to the movies every single week. Maybe no, we should play open like, a movie theater. Maybe we should. Hmm. We should do it. Talk about it later. Open a drive-in movie theater. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be awesome. Except for in the winter. (laughs) There's so much acreage around here. You can make that happen. Yeah, you can sit in a truck bed, some blankets. No, Nevaeh, you're not getting in a truck bed. (laughs) This is just what we were talking about. We have a truck. You said it was a boys' Maybe as a family. Okay. (laughs) Family. So what else? You also (laughs) recently just got your driver's license. How's that been going? It's been good. I've gone out by myself a couple of times. The first time was like an hour from home and I'd never been in that area before. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird. And I was just, you lose service everywhere here. <laughs> yeah. I was praying. I was like, please don't go out Google Maps. I will be lost and stuck on the train tracks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Why would you get stuck on the train tracks just because you're <laughs> lost? No. Worst case scenario. Because she's a child. No, the you whole area is, the is around the train tracks. I was getting, yeah. I was, it was very confusing. Everything looked the same. I was like, there's tracks there, there's tracks here. I'll stop on the tracks. <laughs> but again, so as somebody who was homeschooled and has spent the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of her life here at home with mom and dad, is it, is it kind of bizarre to be out on your own, even just for a few hours? Uh, okay. One, the one and only thing that feels weird. Did to you me. miss us? Basically what I'm asking is, did you miss us? You didn't. <laughs> no, the one and only thing that felt weird was the grocery store for some reason. 
What do you mean? I, I don't know why. Like driving by myself and everything, I felt fine. I felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. When I was at the grocery store, I was like, this is weird. I felt like I was a kid. Like you were adulting? No, like when you're a kid and you lose your mom in the store <laughs> and you're looking down up all the aisles. You start crying. <laughs> Did you go ask for a cookie at the bakery? When your mom runs to go grab something while you're paying and then... And then all the groceries are now scanned and the lady's looking at you. And you're like, I don't have money. I don't know where she is. <laughs> I don't know where my mom is. She went to get chips. No, the grocery store felt weird. I don't know. It, that was the weirdest part. It's kind of a surreal moment. Yeah, it, it was yeah. weird. I couldn't find anything. I was like, I don't like this. It's really weird for us. How do you think we feel? Yeah. Every time you leave, even if you're just going to get the mail, just seeing the you mail? leave in your car. Yeah, it's a problem. It, it, I don't know. It's, it is mind boggling. Well, you will get to experience this later in life. I think homeschooling is not only weird for the kids, but it's also weird for the parents because we've always had you guys like right there. And anytime something bad is happening in in the outside, you know, you hear about horrible events happening. You're like, oh, my mine are here in the living room. And so now that one of the birdies is venturing there's a birdie missing and it feels that way where mm-hmm. I think if your kids go to school, I mean, like empty nest is going to be extra hard for us because they're always here. And um, that, yeah, that's going to be tricky because kindergarten and all the school years train the parents as well as the kids for that separation. And we don't have that. Yeah, This keeps coming up in our discussions. It yeah. It's hard every time. Mm, don't get sad so i get sad we can't have you get sad right now you're just thinking about it i, I get i get really uneasy feelings because we are such a a, a close-knit family who's always together yeah i mean even when i'm in a car sometimes if if not everybody's in the car with me i have these moments of like something's wrong yeah just because like everybody's constantly around each other one another i count in my head one two three four like anytime we're anywhere, one, two, three, four. Like to, before, like I go to walk to the car. Yeah, there's a count. <laughs> you got all of them. Like at yeah, anywhere we're walking, where there's a crowd, I'm like one, two, three, four. Yeah, like, so you, I'm just, you've been doing it for so long. So you not being around for even just a few hours is really, really weird. Like I said, just seeing you four. I was giving I was giving flashbacks of living in Vancouver and you riding that black and pink bike that I made for you. Oh, I spent like two weeks putting a bike together for Navea when she was what four, five. It was spray painted, sparkling. Yeah, that was nice. It was a nice bike. It was a nice bike. Yeah. Good end result. But every time I see you driving away and you, now your blue Subaru, I'm like, how did we get from the pink and black bike to the Subaru? You could spray paint our Subaru in sparkle like black. The blink of an eye, and then I feel old, and then I go cry by myself. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> No, it's just really, I, I just, I hope you understand that because I'm sure it probably makes for some weird, awkward situations. Like I can think, I, I was just, I got, I had gotten done watering everything in the garden and you were leaving in your car on the driveway. Yeah. I couldn't even bear to look at you <laughs> because it upsets me. And I know that's not healthy and I know that sounds crazy, but we live very odd lives here. And it just, it like, I literally, I can't. You're like, just go. I can't. I, I know. So I'm like, I'm like, I know this is like normal life and this is what is supposed to happen. Your kids grow up and they, they branch out and they start doing their own thing. But it is, it is a tough adjustment. You're up there feverishly building the apartment and hope that. <laughs> no. And we tell, so yeah, we came here with the understanding that all of you could remain here or come back here, but there's never been any pressure on our part for any of you. The, the expectation is not that you will stay. We have had many discussions about what it is you're going to be doing. You are turning 18 years old here in the next year. 
year yeah. and, and a few weeks, right? And mm-hmm. how how many times have I just wanted to make sure that you were fully aware of all of your options because so many of them do not require that you stay here. Love to have you here. I'm not saying you, you got to leave, but I just want to make sure that you are, I'm not doing you a disservice by not laying out all of the options that you mm-hmm. you have uh, to pursue. Yeah. I honestly have no idea what it is, like where I'm going to live and for how long. So that's something I think about a lot. I think I do want to stay here and just save money for a while. It's but a great I, option. I think at some point in like, 1920 that kind of age that I'm gonna have to probably go somewhere with a little more people mm-hmm. just for a little more exposure because I don't want to just stay in the 200 people place <laughs> the end of my entire life yeah and that's totally understandable I mean I've I've even kind of pushed you right like hey we got yeah we have, we have you got Spokane you got Coeur d'Alene you've got Sandpoint you've got like decent sized towns and cities yeah. that are nearby and if you ever need us we're you know an hour or two away yeah. Those are options for you. We've talked about school. What are your thoughts on school and college and, and all that? For me personally, I don't plan on going to college. I never really did plan on going to college. Not to say I totally like eliminated that from my possibilities, but I just don't see that for myself. There's nothing that really interests me that mm-hmm. requires it. So Even the social aspect of it? The social aspect, I think I would like, mm-hmm. but it's just not worth a tuition expensive way (laughs) to get social so uh, like we do have Coeur d'Alene nearby which is it's a small city it's Mm -hmm. clean it's safe I really like Coeur d'Alene it's probably like it's not that far from here it's it's a college town eh, sort of there's a college there it's not a college town yeah but not like there's a big university there but yeah no but there's a lot of young people there I like small areas still yeah everyone walking around is young they're at that college age Mm -hmm. and I think that's a good way to still get some of the socialization without mm-hmm. having to actually go to college. Yeah. What's, what is our message to you always been when it comes to college? Uh, don't go unless you need to. <laughs> don't go unless you need to. And I mean, I know that might sound weird to a lot of people out there, but yeah, it's, it's kind of the natural step. It's go to high school, go to college. Right. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not you know what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. professionally with the rest of your life. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's always been, Hey, if you want to, you know, you want to become a whatever, uh, an attorney, a doctor, and it requires that you go to school, fine. So be it. But don't go just to go. Yeah. That's kind of always been our message to you. Yeah. I think when we were growing up in high school, everybody went to college. Yeah. Like it was like you go to college. It was the natural next step. It's it just what was. you did. Every it wasn't even a question. So you do you do I it because that's what people do. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna go because that's what people did. And I I, you know, luckily got some scholarships. But really I graduated with a degree that I used for two years, but I paid for for fifteen. Yeah. And that sucks. It doesn't work out like that in every circumstance, but yeah, no, it's it's no. it's an all too common story that you hear from people, or they know? don't use it at all, which was kind of my story. You didn't use yours either. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. But I got paid an extra two and a half percent with the police department, oh, well. so you know I had that to push <laughs> <Yeah>. forward too. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're coming up an hour. Let me just say before we get things wrapped up here, how proud I am of you, and uh, I know I told you but uh, we love you so much uh, i can't wait to see what happens for you in life you are such a talented and intelligent and beautiful young lady and i know you have uh, a lot of a lot of positive good things to, to look forward to in life so i can't wait to see what happens thank you <laughs> love you guys too are you okay yeah i'm good <laughs>
I held him back. He's gonna. <laughs> he's just gonna skulk away and cry now by himself. No, seriously though, watching you, watching all of you grow up has been. It's been fun. It's not over yet. I know. <laughs> Eli's only eight. <laughs> Eli's not driving the Subaru. <laughs> be flying an airplane in five years. It's just been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting to see how each one of you uh, develops and kind of comes into your own over time. So, good times. <laughs> Well, this has become awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, and uh, grateful to you for your willingness to do this. Yeah, um, I, I asked you many times throughout the week. Yeah, it's about a, whether or not you're open to this vulnerable so. place to be. It is so. clearly, <laughs> clearly. It's like all three of us are interviewing each other. I know we're all on the spot. We're like, no, I just think <laughs> again. I love this format because we have these opportunities. How often do we talk like this? in our house on a day-to-day basis so rarely we just sit down for like an hour and yeah. stare at each other and no other you, distractions yeah. exactly yeah it's such a neat experience i would encourage anybody out there who's thinking about maybe to build a to, podcast to, studio in there no home. you don't have to do that but <laughs> like like let's say you just make you know you find your loved ones and uh your friends and you just make a commitment to like hey let's yeah. have some quiet time and let's chat and let's catch up and there's so you know we talked about that in the last episode and about mm-hmm. how nobody seems to do that anymore and i just feel like this is just, it serves as such a great opportunity for us to kind of yeah. reconnect in a way and set aside some time to just chat. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's good. Be important. Yeah. All right, I'm going to wrap it up on that note. Yeah. One more cheers. Don't spill once again. <laughs> Boom. Love you, ladies. <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then.